Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it is so wonderful to have your company today for episode 335. This week on Toy Power, we're hitting up a new segment, and it is Patreon Hot Takes. And we're going to wrap this episode out with a state of the nation. Joining me today in the studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hello, hello. And Scotty. Hello there, hello there. Guys, before we get started, Ooh. Frank, mm. Trent, you both have broken a sweat. Do you care to tell the listeners what you've been doing between episodes? <laughs> this episode... Oh, that sounds way worse when you intro it like yeah. that, but okay. It's, a, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> well, this episode is... Uh, we're, we're cracking out the new segment of Hot Takes, and mm. I thought I would bring in <laughs> a hot a hot corn chip, which is a, a Takis. This is something uh, me and my son get into. This is Taki's blue heat. And the and chips yes. are blue. The yes. chips are blue. literally covered in all that kind of blue spice. Mm-hmm. Smurfs. Extreme heat. <laughs> uh, now, Frank cranked these when I wasn't in the room. Yeah. Frank, were you expecting like, this I level was, of heat? Like, I, I, it said blue heat, but it also said, you know, it says, uh, you know, flavoured corn chips on the front. I was like, yeah. oh, blue. Oh, no worries. This would be good for a laugh. I might might poo blue for a couple of days, but <laughs> it'll totally be worth it. And, um, yeah, I think I'm about to poo in the next 40 minutes. To be <laughs> I'm just sitting here going, it's very I, hot. I eat these all the time. And I'm just like, I'm just as I eat each new corn chip, it's just adding to the heat. He took his glasses off because they were fogging They're up. They're fogging before. up. I'm, I'm sweating. I've eaten about five corn chips. So you normally have the more mild version. Yeah, I was going to say. Is... Well, we've, I've had the blue heat before, right, and I think right. I I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you just like look. Yeah. It says extreme, and like you've got this bright purple and yellow packaging, big blue swash over the front, and then right on the left hand side, yeah. really small little like thermometer that's just fully red. Just goes extreme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just in case, and and to cap off the the sweat. Both of you have blue teeth at the moment. This right. Is great. This is awesome. <laughs> Outstanding. I'm going to wash that down with a bit of scotch. Here we go. Oh, oh wow. We're going to do something we've never done before. We're yeah. going to try a, a live intro. So we're making this up on the spot mm-hmm. to our new segment. Our new segment. Here we go. Hot cheese. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. <laughs> now, Scotty, you, you're the mastermind of this segment. Tell us a little bit about this as you know before we jump into it. Well, essentially, I ran out of ideas for an episode. So <laughs> I reached out to our patrons and I said, guys, what are we doing? give me your most controversial, shit-stirring opinions. <laughs> give me your best hot takes. And boy, they did not let us they down. They delivered, didn't they? Haven't, haven't they just... Oof. I so, think that some people have just stirred the pot here. I mean, oh, yeah. Nick Greenslade, what are you doing, my friend? I feel, anyway, I feel, I feel targeted <laughs> in a number of these. Uh, we'll the, get to that. The Discord went off on that one. Uh, <laughs> Should we get started? Let's, let's, go. Right, let's go. First off the ranks, John Caulfield, 
His hot take, nostalgia is the killer of innovation in the toy industry. There's a, there's a lot to that, and yeah. I, I think a lot of truth to that. And what I would say is not only not only nostalgia, but proven properties. Mm. Big toy companies yep. don't want to invest tooling and budget to release Something product new. that's unknown. So mm. they're going back. They're, they're going certainly back to what was successful previously, and they're redoing it. So I think there's a there's a lot of truth in that. What what I would say is that with the there are a lot of smaller toy companies or manufacturers that are involved now that are that are you know pushing the envelope toys Ishmael you know these these sorts of that you can access some of this stuff for now it's not necessarily going to be super innovative because I think a lot of those are just you know oh we're going to do the unreleased wave two of Toxic Crusaders or something or you take on ramen toys you know aspect yeah filling in gaps in vintage lines basically yeah so. But I don't think my son's going to walk into a toy shop and see the same level of innovation that we saw in the eighties. I just I think yeah, that's yep, off the yep. table. So yep. I think it's it's. I think it's also John in particular, as we know, Mythic Legions, and you know he he grew up the same sort of era as us. He's familiar with your masters and and all those sorts of very eighties properties. But he's gone Mythic Legions, which was a brand new thing. It did had no ties to anything other than the fact it was the the, the legendary four horsemen who were behind it brand new ip they've built this law they've built this amazing back catalog of of parts and weapons and and story they've built it from the ground up so to him he just sits there and goes why what's nostalgia got that this line doesn't have now you know it's going to come a point where who knows at some point the four horsemen might stop doing mythic legions and then 30 years from now someone else picks it up this you know the cycle starts again yeah at yep. some point, but you know, I can understand John's John's point of view that nostalgia is is not all it's cracked up to be. Whereas most other companies are, are going back to the well to you know pick on people like us. Really, yeah. there, there is a reason that when we cover McFarlane and his amazing toy lines, that he, you know he's just keeps cranking out more Batman because it's Batman, Batman, Batman it because yep. it sells. It's mm-hmm. a proven seller. It's why Marvel Legends. There's probably more Spider Man yeah. and Captain America figures. Than you know any other character. It's while you know you get more villains and things from those two, from those you know the Avengers and Spider Man than you do from. But is is that killing innovation? I think is the key point. Like you can revisit that. Like you could say Marvel Legends haven't been doing the same thing. They've updated their articulation. They've got the three D print. You know three D face scanning stuff. Like there is. There are improvements. Now, some of that is just the natural improvement of technology over such a long period of time. But is that, is doing the same character, as you said, Spider-Man 25 different times, is that killing innovation? I just think it's blocking uh, other, you know, lesser known characters from stopping other properties. Let's take Ninja Turtles, for instance. They've got the new wave of the Mutanimals and things. Mm. So I was lucky enough. I walked into a big W. I saw um, a uh, you know a trolley on the shop floor, and they had cartons of those figures on the shop floor. Mm. And I helped myself to opening those cartons to <laughs> help out other uh, people to get the mute animals. And when I opened those boxes, there were four of the regular turtles and four of the mute animals to mm. to a carton of eight. So for every box, I was buying the mute animals for Davy or whatever. I, there was another four turtles sitting on the shelf, yep. uh, shelf, 
clogging the pegs mm. with, you know, all the turtles mm. and not allowing more, um, you know, space for more innovative characters to, uh, you know, feel. So everyone's running in to buy the mutanimals, but all of it's creating well, that's, is... that's the Batman scenario again. Well, right? 100% it yeah. is, 100% it is. Mm. You know, it goes back to the 80s where girl, you know, female figures didn't sell. Yep. Like they were too scared to um, give it a shot yeah. sometimes. Uh, is that answering John's question? Probably not. But <laughs> I, I, and I also look at it at the standpoint as well. Like you know, there's the three big main c- companies now. It's Mattel, Hasbro, and uh, whomever you know. But and back back in the eighties, you know, you had um, Kenner, you had yeah, uh, Tonka, you had you know all the little lesser known, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the all the little toy companies making all the. Um, innovative and testing the market and going up against the big boys mm. and a lot I feel a lot of those bigger companies have just swallowed them up and then yep. yeah. and then yep. dropped the IPs uh, altogether so it's yeah. sad so is, um, it, is it nostalgia killing, killing the innovation so much as conglomeration really yep like yeah, yeah. bit of both yeah look mm. I, I think n- nostalgia is a safe bet mm. because mm-hmm. it's proven yep so these companies are going to keep churning out things that are nostalgic, you know, Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, Marvel. And, and I think as a result, we are getting less innovative ideas. I'd say, look, I would say the Four Horsemen Studios, their kind of modular system mm. is a very kind of, there's an innovation in there which has allowed them to produce a high quality toy with cloth goods, interchangeable parts, kind of relatively cheaply mm. for, a, for a niche property, right? And get that out to customers that in in a sort of relatively comparable manner to what like the big boys are putting their toys out. Okay, it might be a bit of a premium product, but you feel like you're getting value for that. That that's a real to me that's an innovation for a, a company of their size to be able to put out a product of the quality with the system that they use. I'd say that's an innovation. Yep. yep. Um, but I, and like you say, I think with the Hasbro's and the Mattels, you're probably seeing a bit of that fine-tuning of the quality. Like you say, the technology improves. Mm. So we've got face scan and face print. And Hasbro, you can make yourself into an action figure. I mean, we couldn't have even imagined that yeah. Uh, yeah, in the 80s. True. So the technologies, I think, are are allowing for some degree of innovation. Um, it's just not that wholesale on the toy floor, walk into a shop and see all this magical new toy-related stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of copy cut paste in the toy industry out there but there's still heroes doing the innovation thing previous guest on toy power uh matt rodriguez and yes. his armies of ashmore yes. it's stuff like this that if you want fresh new properties and innovation this is what you got to back you got to you got to get these guys over the line you got to keep them motivated and encouraged and back their toys back their properties yeah this is the innovation yeah. that we're all crying out B- for. big thanks to kickstarter the four horsemen yeah. started in yeah. kickstarter yeah, right. uh, territory so um, go so, and have a look over there for your up-and-comers and, and mm. um, help them, you know, get a leg up. So you're right. So maybe it's not that you're going to see like Armies of Ashmore is never going to hit retail shelves in, in any country really, let alone here. But, yeah, if you're looking for innovation, don't go retail shopping. Go to Kickstarter. Yep. 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 There you go. All right. Here it is. Nick Greenslade, 2014. This is the Bayverse, right? 2014. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie is better than the 1991. I'm just going to put it out there, and because I'm the one who will have to edit this, 
fuck off, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that is, I feel like that was deliberately done to wind me up and you succeeded there, Nick. It's, uh... um, it's just not. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, compared to what the sequel was a couple of years later, that one was just horrific. 2014 was, it was interesting because it was, it was something new. It was, it was live action and stuff. We had the social media hype and build up for yeah. it. We were old enough to watch it get played out, you know, behind the scene shots. And this yeah. is who's voicing this. And yeah. um, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Green Arrow was going to be Casey Jones. And, yeah. um, you know, Megan Fox was going to be April O'Neil and all that sort of hype. Yeah, and, you bought you into know, the hype a bit. Yeah. yeah, it was a massive, massive hype machine. But it's just, it's just not good. Like well, no, it's look, not, in comparison, in comparison to the 1990, you just—it's just—I'm sorry, Nick, you're objectively wrong. What, what, <laughs> it, it had pro- it had problems. This movie, yeah. I think, when they shot it, they had a character called Eric Sachs, yes, who was going right. to be the shredder. Now, I think it got a lot of backlash. That it was they, basically a businessman. He was a businessman, and he was going to—I think—he was going to have like a robotic suit uh-huh. that was the shredder suit. They changed it. Like, they changed it very late in the game to bring in, like, an Arukusaki. Yeah. And then he was in that suit because they'd obviously yeah. shot it as Eric Sachs in yeah. this sort of armoured-up suit. So, it, from a film perspective, it's just not a coherent yeah. sort of film. Slapped together, yeah. Sla- slapped together. I mean, to, I mean, Nick is a... I, this is why I think he's stirring the pot here. Nick mm. is actually, like, a, a an avid film Yeah, he buff. knows cinema. He knows yeah. his stuff. And that is schlock. Like that is just, <laughs> just crap. Really, when you when you think about it from a, a movie making point of view, I think 1990 is a. I mean, it's it's of its time. Yeah. But it's a it's a solid film. It's got mm. it's it's got it's good got animatronics. Heart. It's got heart. It's well written. Yeah. It's it's cohesive. Mm. Um, I, I think I don't. I think just objectively, I know we're nostalgic about it. But just objectively, I think it's a much better film than the 1991. I think as well it takes back to the 80s toys a little bit that uh, the the 1990 film talked up to young kids. It talked up to us thinking, oh, my gosh, it's like Batman 89 to me. It felt like I was going to see a mature film. Like they were, you know, the – yeah, um, a lot of us admittingly grew up learning the uh, cartoon turtles and things before we realised about the uh, more darker Eastman and Lard comic books and things. But the, the, seeing this 1990s film, it talked up to us and gave us a mature storyline that we could, uh, you know, oh my gosh, there's a whole yeah. world out here. This is what they would be like. But I feel the 2014 film talks at the same level as a young person does you know like it talked to them yep. it didn't it didn't show them anything more than what they th- assumed was going to be in the uh yep. film itself it had silly jokes in it and uh it just doesn't live up to that mature level at all yep that's <laughs> yeah. fair all right scott anything to contribute mate oh wow all eyes <laughs> in the room just turned to me then um <clears throat> have you seen either <clears throat> That's a good question. Uh, yes, I have seen the 1990s Ninja Turtles once. Uh, I have not seen the Bayverse movie. Uh, so I'm going to take the high road here and plead amnesty. I'm not <laughs> asking Good call. Yeah. Good call. BC Talk. Robin is a better superhero than Batman. He can do everything Batman does, but wearing brightly colored costume and no helmets. <laughs> 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 uh, this is just whack. This is just absolute whack. I, look, I, I like... Robin, I think Robin's which Robin. An, hey, which which Robin? Well, that, yeah, yeah, that's well, a good that's question. Good question. Um, 
Which Batman? Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> Robert is Batman, isn't right. he? Dick yep, Grayson's yep. done it all. Yep. Um. Oh, look. Objectively, Robin. <laughs> Robin is. They're they're characters. They work together. I think, mm. like you know, as an apprentice and a and a master, and they're they're very different characters. I, I don't know. Like I I think he's learning. I think if Robin's so good, how come he got killed by a crowbar? <laughs> well, like, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. That's, Robin the Robin, that's the Robin we're talking about. Jason Todd. He's, yeah. Todd. And the first Robin matured up to Nightwing. First yeah. Robin basically became Batman. He's got the dark suit. He's just got the blue logo yeah. on it. Nightwing, you know, yep. had the proper mask on. Didn't have a helmet, mind you. But, yeah. yeah. No, I don't agree with it. I, I'm too <laughs> invested in Batman. I think Batman visually is a better looking character. Then uh, the the original Robin, the yellow spandex, yeah. the green, you know, like the tidy shorts, the, the short shorts. Pixie boots, does not Yeah, boots. yeah. Um, it, oh, surely Burt Ward is better and, and, Robin and if, than Batman. And, Come on. And if, if, if uh, you know, I feel Bruce Wayne was there to save Robin in his, uh, you know, ne- form of need when his mm. parents passed away yep. and things. So, you know, if if Batman, if Bruce Wayne wasn't there to uh, condole him to, in the same way that he had his parents pass away, uh, then who would have Robin looked to and and guided him in the right direction? Robin could have very well been the next biggest supervillain if he wasn't guided on the right path. Yep. Or you need to crowbar and he does become a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, if you go the other way, if you go the late run, Robin, Tim, not Tim Drake. Um, who's Damien, Wayne. Damien, Damien Wayne. Wayne. Yep. Yep. You could make a case to say Damien Wayne is a better Batman because he's prepared to go, nah, that Joker's a dickhead. I'm going to kill him. Oh, yep. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. He's it's that. He's got that solver. edge that Batman never had as far but, as but, just going, nah, killing people is sometimes a solution in this game. Like, he, he'd be more of a Punisher type uh, character well, where, yeah. they, where they, you know, like Batman doesn't kill, but Punisher does. So then sure. he's, he's an anti, you know, like he's the next level up yeah. above uh, Batman. And I think that that would just get too dark way too quickly in a uh, already dark world that Batman lives in. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he'd he'd or wipe out all his villains almost. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, that's why he's better. Mm, nah, <laughs> but then, then then there wouldn't be a story like they, you know. You need these reoccurring. You need you I'm need stirring, the jo- mate. yeah. I'm I know. The pod. <laughs> Where are we going now? Have what do you reckon? Uh, let's Pick go. One. We're doing we're doing these ones. Yeah. So we've had. Okay. So to be to be clear, we've got lots of submissions, some multiples from some people. So we're going to sort of pick and choose. We'll probably do a second episode because we've just got so much mm-hmm. here to to get through. So please don't be offended if yours doesn't come up today. Uh, so let's go with this one from Have. I would rather see more one-off superhero movies than trying to have these massive connected universes and needing filler movies to connect the dots. Yep. That's Hi- not. One hundred percent. That's not a hot take. That's, no, that's reality. Like that's. Oh, look, I think that's where we're all at now. I think we are. There's this, there was something very very special about a connected universe, particularly when the Avengers were yep. doing it, and it would culminate. And and all those films leading up to it yep. were, I think, really good stories in their own right. I think it's gone off the rails now yep. to the point with all the television shows and all the you know there's there's sort of filler. How much do you need to yep. see it? Potentially impacts telling a really good story if you've got all this baggage. If you've got all yeah. this, you got I got to think about this. I got to think about that. Tell a good story first and foremost. If it connects into a broader world, that's great, yep. and you can leverage off that. Fantastic. 
But if 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 the broader world is driving your storytelling, yeah. no good. It's not the yep. it's not the way to do movies, to do TV yeah. shows. If you're too focused in on the connective tissue, yeah. tell a good story first and foremost. Yeah, I, I got a buddy at work who was my go-to as far as, oh, have you seen the latest Marvel, whatever? And then over the years, he's now comes to me and goes, "Do I need to watch yeah, this it's show?" Like a, like like, a chore. Yeah, he just, and it's just like he goes. <laughs> I'm lost. He goes, and he's he's basically mm. given up. He hasn't watched most a lot yeah. of the more recent Disney Plus shows. But he comes to me going, "Do I need to watch it?" And I will sit there and go, "Well, it's not really connected to the bigger story, or it's only got this tiny little cameo." And he goes, "All right, I'll skip it." Like that's that's. And he was he was the guy who, when Endgame happened, we all like geeked out about it and stuff. And now he's 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 practically I, done. Yeah. I'm the same. I, I feel burnt out. I'll put on whatever that Secret Wars thing was. It doesn't interest me. Yeah. It's off. So I yeah, don't care. Yeah. Whatever happened, there's yep. some Amelia Clark turns into something at the end, I guess. <laughs> I think I, I kind of roughly know, yep. yeah, she yeah, can yeah. absorb powers or whatever. And, and I just, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care enough to, to spend my time watching it, even if it connects. So then is the opposite then these standards, you know, we, we've compared Marvel and DC this entire time. Did DC have it right with these standalone movies that don't sort of really tie into stuff? Well, I think, is that the solution? I think, I think the Joker I think, movie yeah. really was uh, a, a a beautiful, um, you know, way to approach a film that, you know, like I look at, um, you know, the Joker and the Goblin, like uh, those characters in film have been done to death almost. Like Who's the Goblin? The, from Gre- Spider-Man. Green Goblin. Oh, Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah so okay. from Spider-Man. So like, you know, you hear Spider-Man's going to be in a new movie or you hear Batman's going to have a new movie and look, he's going up against the Joker or Spider-Man's going up against yeah, Goblin. It's like, man, fair, can fair. you just choose someone else, please? <laughs> like they've got an amazing roster. They are fantastic yeah. villains in their own right. But we've already seen seventeen renditions yep. of of it, and then they're stepping on each other's toes of who did it better. You know, either you'll never live up to that actor, or you'll never live up. So I just get sick of it. But so I thought the Joker was a fantastic refresh yep. of uh, you know how to make a cool movie. Um, going to the uh, you know ensemble and making everything um, you know correlate. It's the butterfly effect, right? So what's that Immortals movie, the Marvel one where the gods? Eternals. 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 Mm. You know, they had those massive characters that the gods, you know, like yep. the, almost this, yeah, yep. things, and they've never referenced them before. Again, like surely mm. the, the yeah. um, you know, someone would be flying along and they'd be knocking someone's hand or head that's yeah. just yeah. a statue Sticking now in the, the um, ocean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But they've never. So those little things are huge plot holes in my opinion that I just, I didn't work in, you know, for us, didn't make enough money, let's say. Let's just push that aside. Yeah, but, experimental. Yeah, yeah, but so, it's and it's, I feel we're so deep, like, I loved it too. I thought the first 10 years or whatever of yeah. Marvel, I've, I thought, my God, DC, you've got to get on board with this. But after, now that we're in our 15th year of Marvel, mm. it's like, it's too much. It's too much. Yep. Like, I need to go back and watch 33 movies and 16 TV shows in order to know what this character is now doing, you know, relationship-wise to that character. It's just too much. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think a, a big, you know, one of those, it's it's the new millennium. Let's just refresh, you yeah, know, hit, hit the refresh button and go from there. Maybe they were smarter to do exactly what you said, Ben, that create a whole brand new universe, like a different 
Earth, not Earth 616. Mm. It's a different Earth altogether and just start a whole new storyline. Yep. Nothing interconnected to what we had in the past. Well, there's there's articles come out recently that suggested, and again, nothing really confirmed, but as a result of, as we said, this last five years really being feeling lackluster and, and Marvel sort of slash Disney losing money, that they're looking, and I don't know how they do it from a story perspective, but looking to do another Avengers movie with Tony Stark, with Black Widow, with Thor, Cap, and all the the big headliners. Wow. And I'm like, that just that that feels a little bit desperate to me. Like I get yep. it, you know, the ship is is slowly sinking or taking on water at the very least. But I don't think revisiting that well is the solution. Like no. as you said, blow it up, start again, which. Yep. If for those who've been watching Loki, there's sort of hints at that that they can they can do uh, some sort of soft reboot. I think Kev, there's a MCU timeline book that's come out recently that Kevin Feige was sort of quoted in there as saying Kang Dynasty is going to act as a bit of a soft reboot because it is time travel. They can sort of do what they want, keep what's working, and you know re- redo others. That's still four years away i think something like that which it feels that feels too late in the piece but is it just late like is that solution just lazy oh you know our storytelling wasn't good enough let's just yeah is that not what comics have been doing for decades i I get it i get it but it just like it just feels like a cheap way out it's like the days of our lives i woke up and it was all a dream they're just like they're just cheap writing techniques to kind of justify a bigger business agenda or, or trying to give you the just so write, they, write good stories, make good content, and, and I reckon the rest takes care of itself. Uh, so then going back to the original thing then, like is it better off to do just these individual stories then? And not potentially, yeah. I think potentially, yeah. yeah we yeah. need more of that, I think. Do you want <laughs> to take this, this one, Trey? Who's done this? Who's, is that... Uh, B- BJD? BJD. BJD. Lego Masters would not have the popularity it does <laughs> if not for Kale. Correct. All right. Next topic. Um, Can I just say something here? (laughs) Lego Master, and this is as someone who's been on the show, Lego Master is bigger than any individual, right? Bigger than than any of the individuals. I think Lego, Lego is the true driver of what makes that show great. Yep, absolutely. And then I think the next biggest thing is is Hamish and his style. I think that made the show really accessible and really yep. fun and, and really easy to get along with. And then I think people just love seeing the creations. Whoever are making that, the the character and following the show and the different people that you follow, yeah, that's a big that's part of it. Mm. But I think, you know, I certainly didn't make Lego Masters what it is. I don't think Kale did. I don't think any of the contestants did. I think they, they're good at making a show, so they'll make those characters interesting and you'll follow them and, and like some and, and, you know, get annoyed by others. Mm. But I think it's bigger than any one contestant, mm. including myself. Like I, they're quite, I, quite strong. I think Lego Masters is unique because it's it's classed as it's technically reality TV when you think about it, um, and it's unique in that reality TV in its genesis is around he- heroes and villains. There's the characters you're drawn to. There's the characters you love to hate. There's there's those real clash of personalities. With the exception of Kale, there's very little of that in lego masters right you they're Which all is so welcome exactly and you, it's refreshing don't, i don't think you need it exactly it's, it's totally refreshing which is why kale stands out is that he's that one that really um how should we put this ignites people's passions rightly or wrongly to, to sit there and go this is a character that i 
need to talk about on the internet or whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're right. It's, it's, it's a show that stands on its own two legs, even without a, a big personality like Kale. Um, but I get why he's still, you know, five seasons on from when he was on the show. I get why he's still talked about. Yep. Polarizing character. <laughs> All right. Next topic. 3D printing. This is from our mate uh, Colin Betts in Canada. Uh, 3D printing is democratizing the toy industry, allowing the potential for innovation on a smaller, non-corporate level, not seen for uh, more than ever be thought possible. So um, this is a positive thing yeah, for uh, yeah. saying 3D printing. I'd agree. I 1,000% agree. And and that's just talking back to my latest scores of getting the Megatron, um, you know, stand. Yes. Like that, that, is, that is something Hasbro is not ever going to do yep. because it, they've already done their toy. They're going to move on. Mm. I, they will never release a Megatron or for that matter and for me to be able to display it. I've seen... You know, beautifully. I've seen hundreds of uh, 3D printing, you know, aspects, uh, the complement toys and things from all different genres. I think this is helping your um, backyard Kickstarter toy mm. things, making them a reality. I believe the Four Horsemen started with uh, 3D printing and things, you know, to yeah. get themselves off the ground. There's, uh, you know, more than anything, there's a huge market for weapons and things, for just about every mm -hmm. toy line. I mean, you know, my big two are Masters and uh, Transformers. Like, all of those things are based on 3D printing. No one's, not many, sorry, not many people are going to that, you know, molding aspect anymore. Mm -hmm. It's it's yep. all 3D printing and um, moving on from there. And I think it's a revolution of the, of the industry. If you... Yep. Um, know how to do it and you can excel at it. You can almost, um, you know, and you've got a bit of a incitive, uh, innovative mind. You can almost make a, um, you know, a job out of it. Yeah. Um, well, in it, some it wasn't done on our recording, but we, when uh, Mank Steve Reddy come to, to talk to us, one of the things he had was some 3D printed stuff that he'd done. And he went quite into depth. It was, unfortunately, we hadn't turned the mics on at that point. But he basically talked us through the entire 3D printing process. And he had these little things like, you know, your sort of game board figures, but sort of upscaled. Um, and I just went, oh, what line are that from? Because they looked legitimate, yep. like, you know. Quality was amazing. Made by, yeah, they were cast all in the one color, in the green. But that was this the sort of thing you'd see on a game board. And it's it's it was just amazing. And he was going through all the, the steps. And, and look, it's is there's time and there's effort involved to do that sort of stuff. You do have to learn a little bit about sort of, you know, 3D modeling if you want to make your own things from scratch. But otherwise, there's lots of stuff out there on the internet where you can go, I need to, you know, give me a, a base sort of, you know, action figure body to start with and you can sort of work your way up from there if you're literally creating from scratch. Or people have just made things of He-Man, Ninja Turtles, whatever property you can think of, and you just download it and you print it. You can scale it up and and change it and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of a lot of possibilities. So to Colin's point, allowing that innovation that you know we were sort of bemoaning had been lost earlier, absolutely. And it's it's the Kickstarters, it's all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I think it's it's absolutely wonderful for the toy industry overall. And we as a show might be delving into that at some point. Yes. Oh, spoilers, yes, maybe. Uh, that'll be very exciting. <laughs> now, I loved uh, Steve. I, I've traditionally seen these sort of, I guess, layer printers. They print like layer, layer, layer. But Steve had invested in a, I guess it was like a, a resin. resin. Yep. So it, it, it prints upside down. It 
shoots lasers layer by layer onto this resin yeah. and it solidifies it in a liquid bath. And that had no none of these lines that yep. I quite often yeah. see on yep. the print. It just looked smooth. It looked really, really nice. That to me, as a as a user, I mean, I know you can clean up some of that line work on mm. that on those old line by line printers, but this seemed like a game changer. Um, and terrible, very, very exciting. Yeah, too. and it's now at a point where the average person who doesn't have a crazy salary can actually afford one and start tinkering away, as as we saw Steve with some of his creations. So yeah, absolutely, very, very, very cool. We got time for one more hot take this time from Jay Harps. Star Wars hasn't dipped in quality. It's just not made for the older generations, people who hate on the sequels. And this generation of Star Wars just looked like the ones who hated on the prequels. Hmm. I, I guess the, the, okay. we're, we're all old. We're all older. You know, <laughs> Jay is we, significantly we, younger than Jay us. Jay is significantly. Yeah. And, and I think there, there's a fair comment here. Yeah. That people that grow up with whatever generation of Star Wars love that love what they yep. grow yep. up with, right? So that's telling you something that you know, showing these things to kids is it resonates with that generation and it becomes special to them. And I think we can't take away from that. I think that's a that's a factor, right? Yep, 100%. I think for me being the probably the least huge Star Wars fan in the room, it's it's hard to separate. Like, let's take um, The Mandalorian or, or no, Book of Boba Fett, for instance, right? Like, you know, we, we grew up with the original trilogy and that's all we had, right? And then in the 90s, we were introduced to this expanded universe mm. in the form of a book series, right? And games Video and things games like and that. action figures. And, and yeah. Everything action figures, but a film. Right? So so I'm, I'm sitting there as a, you know, teenage kid reading about the stories that Boba Fett does survive the Sarlacc pit and goes on, you know, the the bounty hunters' wars and how they all they, you know, met their dooms and what they, you know, adventures they want, went on and things and all the, you know, kids of um, Leia and Han and all that sort of stuff. And I was just, oh, my gosh, building my own, you know, ideas of what this world looks like and things through the, you know, words on a page. And then to see it played out visually on the screen as Boba Fett, you know, we've seen what we want Boba Fett to do mm. in the Mandalorian storyline because they didn't have enough faith, you know, in giving Dave Filoni yeah, the, yeah, um, you know, the control time. for yeah. such a prized character. And then, you know, getting the absolute leftovers for the storyline of Boba Fett. And, and, and when you compare what you've grown up with and you've read and you've, thought about and the ideas you've already made for 20 years in your own head the imaginations that you've played on the on the floor you know with your action figures and things um way before the you know um these uh series came out and then you see visually what direction they go in it's not the same direction you have in your head that's probably jay's point because if you are the younger generation you haven't done that yep then you just treat it as content yep. and and you consume it for what it is. Mm. So so that's that's probably I think right what saying, he's trying to say. He's, he's probably yep. saying that that yep. we you know they're not they're not for us whatever. I, I I would say I mean to me you maybe you can look at Star Wars object like Star Wars 77 to 82 you know the the original mm. trilogy and maybe you can look at those films objectively and say look you know the acting's not that great mm. or you know some of the storytelling's not that great or, or whatever but i think fundamentally those particularly i mean the, the films from from 
Empire Strikes Back and Jedi, they had a significant increase in budget. Mm. And for the time, I mean, the matte, the matte paintings and the special effects and the models and the time and yeah. love they put into it, it revolutionised, in my opinion, the sci-fi films yes. and, and the style and the view. And they're iconic, right? I, I would say that when you look at the prequels objectively, right? Obje- I mean, this is me as a an objective person trying to critique these films. I'd say I think they suffer from some really poor dialogue, written dialogue. Fair. I think they suffer from some really poor acting and some lack of chemistry bef- between characters. To me, they they suffer. Now, as a kid, you probably don't see that yeah. or critique that as yeah, much if as that's you do. Your entry right? point to Star Wars. I mean, you're not yeah, you're not going. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't really you can't tell what a good perform like a really you can probably tell really 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 bad performances, mm. but nothing in Star Wars is, is probably that bad. But I think objectively, you know, like you, you have Han Solo, you have Harrison Ford who can stand up to George Lucas and say, mate, you can't put this shit. You can write it on paper, <laughs> but I can't say it. And he's yeah. there rewriting the lines, right? Now, Hay- Hayden Christensen or, or Jake Lloyd or whoever for that yeah. matter, I can tell you they weren't doing well, that. Well, by then, Star Wars right? was too big. Right? They weren't. No, no one was standing up. No one was saying. Yeah, and that, I think that's part of the problem yeah. with the prequels, yeah. in my mind, is that no one, you know, George has some great ideas. and George, But I don't think George is a very good director. I don't think he's a very that, good that, director that, of actors. That's that's the big joke, right? isn't it? Is that everyone goes, oh, Empire and, and they are better because... They're not, they're not directed by him. That's but, right. But my point, he might have a great vision and he might yep. actually be an okay, you know, a, a good action sequence director or whatever. I don't think he can direct, particularly when you add in a lot of blue screens or green screens mm. or whatever, some of those sequences between Christensen and Portman, I, 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 I can barely watch them. And I love stuff <laughs> because the, the acting or yeah. the chemistry or whatever it is, is, you know, I reckon another director could have, could have, that scene could have been like one of, one of the best scenes you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, it's no, it's not the quality of the actors. Some, some degree the writing maybe comes into it, but, but they're just some, to me, objectively, they're bad to watch. Now, so I would say, you know, I want to love everything that Star Wars comes out. I love Star Wars. I love the property. I just think there are some, there is quality-wise, it's a bit hit and miss if you if you try and objectively look at it. And I, I think if you went to, you know, a hundred film critics and got them to critique the quality of aspects of the filmmaking, I think you would you would objectively say this is just bad. This part of the film is just bad. Mm, yep. And, and and yes, every generation is going to look at the thing that they grew up with with these rose-colored glasses. I'd be love. I mean, my dad would just look at Star Wars and go, "This is shit. Just original trilogy is just junk." I mean, what what's this oh, droid heresy. beeping? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, he's you know he's in his seventies. He doesn't yeah. he? He'll go, "Oh, that spaceship looks cool." But what's what's this guy breathing through a tube for? You know what? That doesn't make any sense. He just can't. He can't get into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think you know. I think our critiques are probably reasonable. I think Book of Boba Fett had some poor choices. Mm. They had some poor design choices, things that didn't look like Star Wars to me. And then other people say, well, what's Star Wars? It can be anything. And yeah. and that's that's equally fine. So so yeah, we have a lot of this this baggage and I think that's why this Star Wars fandom is so I guess divisive. Yeah. And because I think it means so much as well to That's right. It means a lot to people and and is the the second part of Jay's thing here. People who hate on the sequels of this generation of Star Wars who 
look like the ones you hated on the prequels. And, and what he's saying yeah. there is that yeah. now that it's been 20-odd years since the prequels were a thing, people have come around and like Hayden Christensen, when, when the prequels hit and, and the backlash that happened on those movies, he went underground, right? Like he, he didn't act again and all this sort oh, of Jake stuff. Jake Lloyd never acted Jake again. Jake Lloyd, exactly Hayden right. Christensen did Did, did he some do projects. some stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But like then he he went into Star Wars Celebration like last year, obviously knowing he did stuff for Obi Wan and mm. some of these other projects, and he was like a hometown Standing hero. You know, oh, he was he was yeah. the, the yeah. prodigal son had returned type yeah. thing, and that was because you could you, you could argue that half that crowd is the generation below us yep. who grew up with those prequels, and that's their Star Wars. Like, and and again, I think what Jay's saying is the people who are now. Hating on the sequel trilogy seven eight nine. Yep. In another twenty years, that that cycle is going to repeat again because the people that grew up with seven eight nine as their entry point, they're going to love those films. Yeah. All the problems aside, they're going to love those films. And then when God knows ten eleven twelve comes out, it'll it'll all sort of repeat again. So it's yeah, it's it's not so much it's, it's Star Wars hasn't dipped in quality. It's just different. Yeah, it's different look, I, depending on where you where you enter. Yeah, and look, object. Look, I'd say I I disagree with that slightly. I mean, dipped in quality. I I think any sequel, any sequel in any filmmaking franchise is always harder than the original. True, and and I'd say there's only a handful of films, and Star Wars is probably one of them, where I'd say the sequels are better than the original, and that's arguable. Who, yeah, who cares? Yeah, but yeah. like the Godfather Part Two, you probably say is better than mm. you know Godfather Part One. There's, Aliens is yeah, a, maybe right? better maybe. than the, Alien. Very few films yeah. you Toy could Story. do. Yep, Toy Story. I, I mean, you probably. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but very few films though. <laughs> but you've probably picked, you've probably picked the main ones, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just well, my point is it's harder to make a good sequel than it is a good original because yes. all those original ideas that you have to kind of come up with new ideas. Mm. I'd say like. You look at episode seven, which I loved at the time when it came out. Mm. I sat in that cinema and I thought Star Wars is is back. It feels like Star Wars. And the more I've thought about that film, and I know when George came out of it, he was very disappointed in the sense that it just there was nothing new about it. Mm. It, it retold it was, it was, like it was a new hope. Redone. It was a new hope. It yeah. had elements of Jedi. Like it yeah. was just, and that you go, well, is that a quality issue? If you're just going to retell the same story, bring back the Empire, and you know, like, mm. is that just lazy storytelling? Is it? No. I, I don't know. Like, it's nostalgia killing innovation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's that to again. me, <laughs> to me, it's a dip in quality. It's a dip in quality. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, that's right. Like, may, maybe he JJ wanted a nice safe path. Let's give them the nostalgia. Yeah. We can't go too far wrong if we do that. And then but in I, comes Rain Wilson and just uh, Rain Wilson. What was the guy's? Yeah, 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 Ryan Wilson, Ryan, Ryan Wilson. Johnson, Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Who's and Ryan and Wilson? he's from the office. Ryan Wilson is Dwight. Dwight, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I, I try to look at this stuff a little bit objectively, and and quality. I mean, it's, it's in the eye of yeah. the beholder to some degree. So, um, so you disagree with Jay? Well, look, I, I, <laughs> I disagree, but inherent in his comment is this kind of concept yeah. that. That, that the new generation are going to love what they love. But, and, yeah. and and that uh, I can't disagree with yeah, that because I, I I think that's 100% accurate. I don't I don't think the people that love the 789 are necessarily wanting to look at it with the, the eyes I'm critiquing it with. Yep. Just like when I watched 456, 
I wasn't sitting there like, you know, David and Margaret going, oh, you know, <laughs> Luke's, Luke's a little bit wooden in this scene or whatever. I, I just love the, the world. Yeah, but, but also there's something magical about seeing real puppets and, you know, yeah, seeing, the, seeing the, you know, everything versus CGI. Right, and that's call us nostalgic or whatever, but there's something something in your brain that you're like that character's not real versus okay, that's an animate that's a that's a physical being that they're talking to and things. I can visually see that on the screen, and and I think it affects the performance. It does. I think that blues. I think the acting in in the prequels is a lot worse because they're on they're on screens, whereas Mm. you look at episode six. They've got a Jabba there. They've yep. got a physical Jabba puppet yep. that they're interacting with. So you know when when Leia when he does the tongue thing, mm. you know, and that tongue and Leia kind of cringes at it. Like that's her yeah. reacting to something yep. kind of real and tangible yep. that the puppets have done. So it's not you know the puppets are important. I think puppets hold up a lot better than mm. CG, but it's also the the responses to like I, when when bloody um, Ewan McGregor goes into Camino and he's talking to those Camino head things. Yep. You can see he's talking to a tennis ball. Yep. Mm. You can see his eye line. He's yeah. just looking. Yeah. He's just staring yeah. at a tennis ball. Looking he's not reacting. It's the most wooden performance. <laughs> and he's a great actor, but yeah. look what he's given. Yeah. Yeah. How Poor do you guy. Do that? I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's like a, a ten degree of difficulty to act yep. on that tennis ball, and it looks like shit because of it. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's just it's just unfortunate. There he goes. <laughs> you got him, Jay. You got him. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fair to say that. Oh, all the trilogies have pluses and minuses. Yeah. Um, you, you can't you can't go past the, the the models and the actual costumes for the original trilogy four, mm-hmm. five, and six. Uh, as much as I've come to now enjoy episodes one, two, and three, the CG shits all over it and kills it mm-hmm. aesthetically. Uh, seven, eight, and nine. Yes, I do love them. Do they make any sense in context? <laughs> Hell no. Um, Palpatine should not be back. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, look, um, I, uh, the whole thing is it's what you want it to be. Mm. I've accepted it. I enjoy it. I'll sit and watch any of them. I'll pick the shit out of any of the movies, but mm. I'm there to enjoy it. And that's why I'll sort of rotate through these movies at mm. least once a year to watch them. And to enjoy them for what they yep. are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a great right. journey. Well, it's a great well saga. The Palpatine saga. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, there we go. Hot takes and a brand new intro to, uh, <laughs> to make up on the spot. I love it. Um, State of the Nation. Do we have one? Do we have a pre-made State oh, of the Nation? Man, oh, man. You're it's... asking. Um, um, oh, no. I do have that one. Hang on. Hit a button. Um, see what you get. Yellow. <laughs> I'll hit yellow, but that's not it. <laughs> no, it's oh. not that one. No. <laughs> Show and tell. Uh, nah, I don't know where State of the Nation is. We do have one, but it's not on the board. Okay. We'll do it another time. Here we've got some questions here um, for the group. How is your collection? How's it going? How's the collection going? Ben, you, last week you talked about getting a Paluto yep. from mm. Toxic Crusaders. Where are you going to put it? This, this is... You got a box to fit. Yeah, You've got a Paluto to fit. Yeah. How, how's it yeah. all going? It, it this is what my collection needs. It needs more space, and and I cannot go to Re and say, "Hey, can I, <laughs> you know, spend house. you know even ten cents on on another uh, extension for the uh, toy room?" She will kick me in the groin. Um, <laughs> you know, so no, I, I just I'm in massive space danger. I keep buying more toys, and I'm like 
I just don't know where I'm going to put them anymore yeah. I'm, I, without going silly and putting them on straight in the, you know, walkways and things. It's just uh, getting, you know, I just, it's, I'm trying to be really careful about what I buy, but there's just too much cool stuff coming it's all up. Those and damn laser beasts, mate. They nah, they, they take up no room, room man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's the, you know, like, um, what well, you were talking about the other day, uh, Mad Balls on um, Mark's collectibles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. under forty dollars each. So I got Hornhead yeah, cheaper and cheaper uh, than. Oh. they I reckon they've mispriced them. Yeah. Oh, they've mispriced them. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're they're a fifty dollar US figure. Yeah. you get yeah. all four for two hundred dollars. Yeah. Marksman collectible thirty eight dollars. Yeah, thirty eight dollars each. What yep. Australian? Yep. So I I went on there after you said it, and I'm like, oh, they're not there. The ones I wanted aren't there. Mm. And they're then, back. And then a few days later, because I reckon I, um, I I logged on to look at them, they started popping up in every freaking they're, they're, social media yep. feed I yeah, get. Wow. And so I was able to secure Oculus and Hornhead. And I just couldn't say no at $38 each. <laughs> I had to. And I was like, okay, yep. I'm just going to be careful. I'm not going to buy the other two because they don't sing to me, but they're amazing figures regardless. Mm. But I just, I, I'm getting figures now. I just don't even know where they're going to go. So yep. that's a big situation I need to um, address, and I don't know if that even means that something else has got to go. Mm. Like that's that's my mindset at the moment. That um, I love every single toy in my room, but you know I can't keep buying toys at the rate you know that's coming through the um, you know to my address and not let go of something. So mm. and it's that's that's a big uh, decision I have to make. So yeah. Hard. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's my um, thought process. So, any big grand, grand plans? N- not really. No, just um, just just chipping away at the uh, my big wish list that I've got. This, this was your year of what, the laser beast. Laser beast. I've, yeah. I've completed that, man. That yep. that 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 I thought would take me twelve months, and it took me maybe eight months yeah, to uh, okay. complete. So that's a huge, um, you know. Tick in the right direction. I've um, completed them, got all the weapons. The, the first 12 was what I set out for, mm. and I've actually got 13. One one doesn't have a, a weapon, one of the higher ones, but they go for like Silly, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Where so you need and that 3D is, printer, mate. This is where <laughs> like one of the um, mid range 12 will go up, and I'll be like, that's cool. Looks wicked. A really cool looking character, and uh, without a weapon or whatever, starting at 200 usd or something and i just starting that i just cannot justify that that's on costs of um you know postage and stuff that i I absolutely draw the line at spending that ridiculous money so yeah Mm. what about you scotty how's the collection going in general uh quite nicely actually it's uh the room is still in very very good conditions that you guys uh sort of visited a month back uh i haven't removed or refashioned a single <laughs> shelf in that time nice. uh if anything i've actually unpacked stuff that i've had in storage my power of the four star wars figures that that shelf has started to grow significantly and is starting to look really really nice um i actually found a few items from darren's collection that i'd put oh, wow. in some boxes for safekeeping and they've now come out and gone on to, to uh onto display beautiful I spent a good week dismantling and putting away my uh, Lego Millennium Falcon. So that's now disappeared from uh, display in the room. And I've got a good space uh, on the table there to set up some other figures. I've got my Maddie Collector Voltron 
Nice. That's, there. A, that's a, such a cool yeah. figure. And now sort of yeah. the six pilots are now sitting in display uh, there with him as well. So that's pretty good. Those are probably the biggest changes that I've made in the in the last little bit. Uh, grand plans, as I sort of mentioned last week, Silver Hawks from Kenner will be mm. the, the grand sort of the em- embarkment going forward. Feeling positive or worn out? Not at all. Energized. <laughs> I've got plenty of room and disposable income, so there wouldn't be a day that goes by where I'm not on eBay or some page yeah. looking for a bargain or something like yep. that. Uh, goals to close out the year. Last episode I made mention of the footprints for a bit of an adventure. My goal to close out the year is to fill out a passport application form. Oh, wild, Ooh. man. It's being teased. Say no more. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Very good. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll have a crack. My This year for me, it's probably ended up being about sort of net downsizing. Mm. And I reckon I've done pretty well. Um, moving on a lot of lot of stuff, um, making the decision to sell stock and then you know going through with it. Um, and so Marvel Legends has been the focus of, of sort of moving on. So I've, I think I've done, you know, probably halfway through Carded Marvel Legends. It, does, it's, it is slow. It is mm. fiddly if you sort of want... I don't want top dollar, but I, I just I don't want to fire sell it either at the same time. So it's a bit fiddly. I'm I'm selling figure by figure and posting stuff out. Um, and and yeah, I've been really really careful with acquisitions just because of the space. Mm-hmm. Essentially, my my collection. Look, my collection in the house. We got a you know like a four bedroom house. It's got uh you know a two car garage that we essentially use as a non you know for storage and tools and, and various things like that. We sort of converted it into a bit of a, a theater room and, and so forth. At the moment, I've got my Lego project that's taking up the garage. Um, but I sort of made a commitment to move all the stuff out of the other areas of the house where I had storage. So my toy room is just almost, it's got a lot of boxes mm. in the way um, and it's not in a state that I, I want it to be in. So I've contemplated, so... And and this is not for vintage. I, I think this doesn't apply for anything kind of like pre two thousand. But I've contemplated just doing a culling of post two thousand, where I either get rid of stuff or I or I open it up because the packaging just takes up size. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of figures in there that I go, you know what? There, you know, there's not that much that's exciting about the packaging that I really feel nostalgic about or want to keep. And so I think over the Probably, you know, maybe while I've got a bit of time off work over Christmas, I'll go in and I'll just open up hundreds and hundreds of figures <laughs> and just try and make cool. a dent in that space. Yeah, so if, yeah. I, if I don't want to sell it, but I want to keep it, mm. uh, I might open it. So, yeah. The, the amount you could fit in, a, a like yeah. let's say, a, a storage tub uh, carded versus loose, yes. it, you'd be astronomical. You it's could, out of control. You could um, cut that, the, you know, level of boxes to down to a quarter or so, if not, even more. Yeah, so you'd be opening it with a view of that they go on the shelf loose. Is that the, the sort of it, end goal? No, it's probably I, – I'd need to redo the shelving. The shelving's at capacity, but it might be a, uh, like a, a rotation-type system yep. Yep. where I move things in and out um, and so forth. Or it might be that even like, for example, with the Marvel Legends, I might just open them and bag them up and, yeah, okay, I'm going to get 20% less, but mm. it, it just – I don't have that bulk yeah, there. Yeah, space. Um, so we'll sort of see. I'll I'll plan that out. Uh, look, feeling positive, you know, space issues aside, 
I I've sort of not necessarily matured, but I, I don't I don't get sucked into everything as much as I might have mm. in the past. Um, I think the curation element and that being very selective has been said. You know, there's a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of interesting stuff. Um, but I'll I'll be very very selective these days, and I think that's that's sort of a good thing to cherish it rather than in the past I've sort of bought in bulk. I've gone, you know, that's a cool new line. I like the property, and I'll just buy a hundred figures. You know, yep. I just and that that that's not where I'm at um, now. So that's pretty much I think me. Um, net net decrease. Net decrease. In, net decrease in mm. the collection. Not not a. T-stop part two. It's, not, well, no, <laughs> it's a T slowdown. It's, okay. it's, it's 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 a sort of T-stop. Yeah, it's a sort of T-stop. And as long as there's a net decrease, then that's it's I'm, on, I'm on track. T-stop. <laughs> <laughs> not T-stop. T-stop. <laughs> Don't mention the T-stop. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look, my collection. Um. I've sort of hit a bit like Trent. I've been a lot more sort of specific in, in, in what I buy. I've, I've probably certainly sold more than I bought probably over the last six months um, to the point where, you know, when uh, after the last toy fair, I sort of looked at what I've got left and just went, yeah, unless something drastic happens in the next six months, I'm not sure I'm going to have, you know, enough for a table at um, at Brett's uh, upcoming fair in April, which is typically when I, I sell a lot of my stuff. Um, obviously got some stuff there, but you know, I, to your point, Trent, I'm one of these people who just go, nah, I just want it gone. You know, 15 bucks. Sure. Yeah. It's a Marvel legend. It should probably go for closer to 30, but it's gone. It's out of my life. And, and I've got $15 yeah. I didn't have before. So that's sort of how I approach that. So as a result, clear a lot of stuff, um, which has sort of been, uh, nice and refreshing. Um, and boys have probably seen as we've been recording over the last little bit, I've, I've, I've got empty shelves. And at this point, I don't, you know, really have a lot to to fill them with. And I'll, I'll sort of look at the shelves and go, in my mind, I'll do, oh, I'll do this. I could get into that line, get into this. And then I'll just sort of hold back going, you know, to your point, Trent, I don't want to buy stuff just because there's money and space there. I want it because I really want it. And one of the things that will hopefully arrive very soon is, and I'm glad I waited and had these funds from the Toy Fairs, um, one of the, the bigger Ninja Turtles collectors in this country, Mr. Owen Lund, he have selling some more stuff i don't know where he gets this stuff from he gets some incredible stuff you just don't see in oz and i've just dropped 500 bucks on him for some figures that are going to arrive shortly and these are stuff that i saw them and I'm like instant buy yeah whereas if i'd gotten into you wouldn't have that the latest NECA stuff yeah. i wouldn't have the space i wouldn't have the money so you know it's 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 the weight and then pull the trigger when i just i know in my heart of hearts it's it's the right call so that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at um any big changes grand plans um not really i sort of went through a phase where i was gonna close in the they've got a sliding door in my room that's every time i think of that just the hideous amount of work and yeah. I, I basically have to shut the toy room down for like a month or more while tradies come in and and, and did their thing so and what it would i guess in the long term it would allow me to put more shelving up there but if i'm already at a point where i've got open shelves at the moment what am i really am I really gaining from that so that's sort of been put on the back burner um uh, feeling positive slash worn out I, I think I'm feeling positive about collecting mainly because I, I have sort of peeled back from a lot of that I'm not buying the latest NECA stuff whatever when that comes out so um and yeah there are times where I sit and go oh I've got this 
I've got this income just sitting there. I've, I, I get the itch. It's yep. like a, a yep. compulsion to go, yep. I should be buying something with this money. But no, no, hold off, hold off. And then something like Owen Lund happens and I just go, that feels good. That That's a tick off my vintage list and I feel really, really positive about that. So it's a, I think it's like what they call in gaming, it's like resource hogging. You hold, hold, hold. And then when something really you good, can move. bang, you just, you, you buy. But so. like a, an Owen Lund deal, where you know you're at a pointy end of Ninja Turtles, yep. and so that stuff, like you said, you know, dinosaur turtles, they don't come up very often. Yep. So to be able to move, and and when they do, that, let's face it, they're gonna, you know, four turtles potentially, they're yep. gonna be quite pricey. Yep. But to be able to move like that and get stuff you're really chasing, yeah, that's that's a win. Like it's that's massive. Feeling. Yeah, that's I, I love that. Yeah. And what was interesting, we were chatting last time we were here, Frank. Your nin- your neck and Ninja Turtles. You mentioned you weren't mm. collecting, you know going out and getting the latest first five episodes of Ninja Turtles. If it's in that, it's in yeah. the collection. I like like how you've, because the neckline's great yeah. and there's some great figures in there, but you've Huge. managed to kind of go, I don't need the bug guy from mm-hmm. episode 78, you yeah. know, who appeared in one episode. Let's just focus on what's iconic for me. Yep. And it's a great Necker collection. Yeah, it's those first five figures. So that gives us obviously the, the main cast, but then you've also got your human versions of, be up and Rocksteady, Baxter. Uh, you got the neutrinos in there. Uh, that gives me excuse to hold on to the general trag. And um, oh, what's the other one? The other rock guy. Oh, that's really annoying. Because oh, Granitor. Granitor. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite figures. And yeah, so that's um, that's and then that's done. I don't need yep. to. Necker are going to unveil more and more stuff from the Toon line. It's not slowing down. I mean, I'll admit I'm tempted by that massive oversized Krang that they've <laughs> they revealed, but I'll have to see on a price tag for that. So, so yeah. So um, overall, um, feeling really good. Nice. There it is. State of the nation. Good no, vibes. It's, it's mm, good. Yeah. Leading into Christmas. Hey, uh, Christmas pageant today. Yes. Which is uh, which means all the decorations are now going mm-hmm. up. It is the official start of Christmas today, right now. <laughs> I feel it's like first of November. <laughs> Today. Halloween just felt like it finished, and now it's uh, walking through the city today. So yeah, we, yeah. I didn't go. To, the kids aren't massive pageant fans, and we're a bit of bar humbug in in the <laughs> in the household. <laughs> but but um, walking through the city, they they had all the Christmas stuff starting yeah. to come up. Yep. Is that it's, it? Feels really early. Well, or is this just normal? Pageant is more middle of November from, yeah. from my right. memory. I think it's we're early. a little early. Yep. 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 That that does remind me, we did have a request on the Patreon page to do Chris Kringle, mm. which we have to maybe chat about off air. But yeah. I just thought I'd make a bit of an announcement. If you are keen to do a Chris Kringle, in my mind, the way to do this would be, you know, Australians do it with Australians because if we're going to be shipping, yeah, we yeah. probably don't want to... Shipping internationally if, if we, we can, can avoid it. it. But, yep. but there might be a way if we can get enough internationals that they can kind of... Yep. Yeah, you know, get each other. So there might be something in that if you are listening mm. and you do want to do a Chris Kringle. Yep. We would kind of draw it out of the hat. Yeah. yeah. And then um I imagine we'd put a sort of rough dollar limit or, or threshold on there. Yeah. And then um yeah, go go from there. But mm. I think that could be could be a lot of fun. That we could, could do be an, good, yeah. Do an opening on our Christmas episode. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Cool. Very good. Any other yeah. final shout outs? No. No. <laughs> no. No more news? Okay. I, had, I had a Christmas rant. I got nothing more to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That might, might save those rants for another time. You you had a rant. 
Uh, we, did you we, have we a rant? Did have rant. I, I did. Look, basically, if anyone, I, I'm, I'm still on the Mortal Kombat train, but this is sort of a larger discussion around micro transactions oh, right. and gaming. And don't get me wrong, Mortal Kombat One, I'm still loving it. There, there is a bit of a content issue. There's basically now suggestions the game was rushed. Um, you know how typically you, your modern Mortal Kombat games have like the crypt or they have this yes. mode where you unlock all the things. I've basically finished it. I have unlocked every single thing in the game, and yet Mortal Kombat 11, the previous one, yep. there's no, I've no way I have not unlocked probably there's probably about a third of the content I haven't unlocked because it's just so massive. Yeah, yep. this new one I've blitzed in like sort of six weeks. So okay, so there's that. So but what this one does have compared to the others is it's got is they've seem to have gone full on microtransactions to the point of here's a Halloween special uh, fatality. That'll cost you 1,200 uh, what they call dragon crystals, which is a premium currency. That translates to about $15 Australian. For a fatality? For a fatality. That's not a, that's a mega transaction. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of the community's an uproar about it. Because what you're essentially paying for is $15 for a, let's say, an eight-second animation. Oh, that's nuts. And it's all, the, it's all the same for every character. It's basically they smash a pumpkin on your head, Bugs crawl out of the pumpkin, start eating the person. You kick the pumpkin's head off and it smashes into a doorstep. Happy Halloween. Now, <laughs> the only way I could justify that $15, if it was if everyone's Halloween theme fatality was different for the, all the cast, cast sure. of characters, you go, all right, I'm on board with that. It's the same thing. 15 bucks. Here's your eight second animation. But it's $15 for a Halloween animation, $15 for a Christmas animation. Right? That's the $15 that's for the fear. A New Year's. That's the fear. You know, Easter. Whereas the previous game, Mortal Kombat 11, they did a, a Halloween themed. You get skins. You got, uh, I think, four new skins and like yeah. some other sort of in game. You could put a pumpkin on their heads and stuff. Totally free. Totally free DLC. Yeah. And this time around, you're paying that much for one fatality. People are like, oh dear. Oh dear! I'd, I'd almost be embarrassed putting that out if I was the yeah. developer. I mean, that's just highway robbery, really. Yeah, yeah. it puts but, it up there with those sorts of like, you know, your your free to play games that yeah, free to play, and they have those sorts of things in the store to draw people in because you could ultimately play the game for free. Sure, this is not that. This is a full, you paid a hundred dollars, correct? A triple A hundred dollar yeah. game, and then you're paying that. Well, see, we not cool. The game I play the most is, and I play a lot with with my kids is Fortnite. Yep. Free to play. Yeah. And like, it's a fun game. It's, it's great. And you can legitimately play it for free and you can even accumulate the in-game currency and then buy, um, I guess the, the, whatever the pass or thing or whatever it is, the 950 V bucks, you can accumulate that for free. Takes you a while Mm. or you can spend 10 bucks or whatever it is on it. And then you can buy the, you know, you level up during that season. And if you get to a level 100, you unlock like, you know, 10 skins. All the stuff. Yeah. 100, you know, 100 different little bits and yep. pieces, emotes and all that. And it, it's virtually free. And then you can, if you want to buy that, if you want the alien skin, you mm. can get the alien skin. It might cost you 10 bucks or 15 yep. bucks or something. But if, if that's special to you and that's how you enjoy playing the game, it was a free game. Mm. I'm happy to spend $100 on Fortnite because I feel like I'm getting the value of a $100 game. Mm. But that that is a different kettle of fish and yep. I, I'm that, that is just disappointing. Yeah. Um, was this you, uh, Scotty, on the... Is it too early for Christmas for you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what uh, you were leading into. Yeah, look, I was going to fly <laughs> off the handle and just rip into people who put <laughs> Christmas decorations out on the 1st of November. Well, so, you're not... So, you're meant to wait to the pageant. Settle down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Honestly, from this is retail one hundred and one driving it. Yeah, uh, like uh, from a re- from my business, we are one of the later operations to get Christmas out, and it mm-hmm. kills me because everyone tries to push the envelope earlier and earlier and earlier. Yep. Like you know. It almost to the point where Christmas in July is, <laughs> is, an, excuse, is an excuse to right. drip feed wow. from July onwards oh, that, Christmas you know, oh, look, we'll just start one end. Okay, then then it's two ends, <laughs> then it's three ends, then it's half the store, then, you know. And it's just it, what, what frustrates me from a retail point of view is I'm trying to do Halloween at the front of the store and I've got this pressure that of Christmas coming through the back door, coming through the back door, coming through the back door, and I've got all this space for my seasonal area, but it's taken up by Halloween, right? And I've only got a certain amount of space, and I've got all these pallets coming through the back door for Christmas, and I don't have the space to actually present it on show. And <laughs> then, like, there's a, on then there's yeah. a, Wait a minute. snap the finger... Halloween finishes on yep. the 31st yeah. of, of October and then the 1st of November I'm supposed to have, you know, it, it shining, flashing, crazy lights <laughs> and it's just this expectation that the transition happens, you know, between opening, closing the store and then reopening yeah, it yeah. the next well, day. Well, that's unrealistic. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, but, that, but that's, the, that's the perception and it's, it's being pushed by other retailers getting it out earlier, earlier, earlier. It's just the joke of... On Boxing Day, we have Easter, you know, hot cross buns. Yep. You know, yep. They're just, it's just, it's it's a it's a you know customer driven market. People go crazy. Oh, mm. why have you got this? Why have you got that? Because people are buying it. Yeah. That's why. They wouldn't yeah. do it right? if the if you, wasn't there. End of the day, vote with your wallet. If you do not buy a single Christmas product or whatever between July and freaking, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not December, be there next, yeah, yeah, that that shows a huge um you know uh that shows more than anything that yep. uh we, the the reality doesn't the the overall community does not want it but the, the, as soon as someone buys a single freaking um you know what are they called uh the apple tarts or whatever <laughs> that's got a christmas tree on it bam it's it's God. you know see you later it's just pushing that envelope close uh, earlier and earlier and it yeah there's nothing Look, there. Retail's one aspect. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. But the average person sitting at home, <laughs> okay, no go. premature tree erections, please. Okay, <laughs> stop putting your trees up, your tinsel, your baubles, your lights, your, your 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 stars. I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear Mariah Carey before the Christmas pageant. The Christmas pageant is the green light. Christmas begins stupid for seven weeks. Go hell for leather. I don't care. I'm in on it 100%. My tree will be out tomorrow because the Christmas pageant has been and gone. Yep. We are ready to rock and roll. My Christmas yep. lights will be out the front either this weekend or sometime during the week. Cranking Mariah Carey. Mariah is that Carey a, is, it... is into the Spotify shuffle one in three times during the day. I don't care. That's what this time of year is all about. But for the love of God, nothing before the pageant, please. I'd love to hear... I... Is the pageant, is that a, I mean, that, the pageant is a South Australian thing. I, I yep. presume they have pageants It's elsewhere. the second biggest yep. uh, pageant in the world behind Macy's 
Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, mm. There you go. It is a big yeah. deal. Yep. So I know that's a big thing for us. I'd be interested. I'd I'd love to yeah, know what Chris. Yeah, what's the markers for other? Yeah, what do you? Chris, parts we of the we world? know Chris Fresh is a big Christmas fan. Mm. Like he loves his Christmas, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's he was uh, he put up photos of him him and the family watching the watching the pageant pageants from yeah. Victoria. Yeah, so he's a, he's a big advocate. I, I I suspect he follows the rules <laughs> that the pageant then. But I'd I'd love I to hear his thoughts. He doesn't. Oh, you reckon he's uh, always jumped the gun? <laughs> He may have bit of premature, premature uh, <laughs> bit of premature uh, holly and uh, tinsel, bit of uh, extra bauble action. I love you, fresh. Uh, <laughs> oh, this episode fre- title is going to be amazing. Fresh, let us know when you commence the decorations. Um, <laughs> I'm old school. I love the pageant. It's the John Martin's Christmas pageant. Yeah. I don't care who sponsors it. <laughs> I was in it. I worked in it. It's a part of my life. It's my love, and that's where it starts. Yep. Yeah. Not earlier. Nothing. End of rant. Mark drop. There it is. <laughs> All right. There we go. Ooh. Okay. That, what I just said any final closing <laughs> shout outs and, and we've had uh, 10 minutes of, of ranting and raving, um, which is fantastic. That's I love great. it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into another episode of Toy Power. If you put up your tree early, please. <laughs> Let written, me know. Written, apolo- me. written apologies up. to Scott at toypower.com at gmail.com. Um, that's not a real address. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and thanks to all our patrons for your ongoing support and chatter on the Discord. Stay safe, take care. Happy Mariah Carey on your playlist <laughs> and we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.